Welcome, Josh, to another episode of Us. Hello. Plus a guest. Plus a guest. Well, we've got another guest right at this moment that's a different guest. Yeah, we do have another guest, and I I spoke her up very well, and she's letting letting the side down a little Winnie. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Winnie the schnauzer. Yeah, Winnie the mini schnauzer that was um, put on to me by Jacob, who we interviewed not long ago. But this isn't about Jacob. No, or Winnie. Or Winnie. Which is... Like, it's pretty upsetting, actually, that it's not about Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> the look she's giving me it, at the moment. <laughs> she likes things to be about her. It's about a guy that I have heard of and been aware of for quite some time. And I was actually told that he's just so busy that the prospect of getting him to come in was going to be a hard lift. So I thought, I'm going to wait till we're further ahead with our scheduling and sort it out and then just... By chance, someone else pulled out, and I just thought, I'm just going to reach out to him, and he just went, bang, yep, I'm in, day after. Which was good. Yeah, and so this guy, who I will fondly call Garage Fit Guy, if you follow him on his socials, is he's well-liked, and I think once we start talking to him, you'll you'll get to find out why. Let's get into it. Let's get him in, if he can fit through the door. Ty Seaton. Welcome to Ty Seaton, who is Seaton right here on our grey couch today. <laughs> Early pun. <laughs> Please, yeah, please tell me, me that wasn't the extent of your research. Ty, <laughs> Ty looks happy and sad all at the same time. Why, what have I got myself into? I feel like it's easy to believe that I hadn't thought about that at all. I just said it off cuff then and I immediately regretted it. No, just roll with it. Just be confident. <laughs> I don't regret having you on though because you, you didn't know this. You've been on my list for a long time. It's been sitting there waiting till I had no one else better pretty much. <laughs> See, I knew I was at the bottom of the barrel somewhere. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's like, who, who is available and needy and ready to just pounce on this? No, that's not true at all. I have been talking you up a fair bit, and I was told that you're so busy that you would be super hard to get space to come on here. So I suppose that's probably why I didn't try to start with. My reputation preceded me. It, it halted us from having this exchange earlier. I apologise. So that's okay. It's not on you. You haven't put that out there. But Ty, I first came across you. You've got so a multitude of things. So the first time I ever saw you, this is probably going to sound really creepy to you, but was at a CrossFit comp at, it was, I believe it was CrossFit Touch and Go at the time. And I was going there and you just rocked up this one evening. You didn't really talk to anyone, and you had your dad there as well, and just this peak muscle mass who had no training in CrossFit or anything at all and looked like you're about to die but was not going to stop pretty much. And everyone was just – I was just like, is he – he doesn't seem to be following what everyone is. Like, just let him go. He's just doing his own thing. He doesn't train with any of us, and you just – he's finding his own way. How did you get to that point where you're an epitome of fitness? Because have you had a bit of a journey yourself? I'm really uncomfortable being an epitome of fitness because uh, from an early age, I mean, I've um, I've played all your junior sports and, and all of that, but never quite been good enough and never felt like I was, I was good enough. So I suppose the person that you saw then and the person I am now is 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 a, a accumulation of just – a whole lot of little efforts every day. So I've, I pride myself now on, uh, I haven't, I've trained every day for over 1800 days now. I haven't had a day off. Wow. Um, I made a, uh, I've drew a line in the sand and said, health and fitness for me is a, it's a priority. And so it's part of my identity. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to continue to move my body every day. And so I'm not sure where I was in that, uh, the time that you saw me. I've done a, few, a couple of comps at Touch and Go, a great little gym run by Maz and Jay. Um, mm-hmm. That's now Midnight, run by the equally as impressive Jade uh, Jade Batten. But I'm not sure where I was there, but it's just an accumulation of 1% efforts because, um, yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm aware that getting anything in, in life is not a big, it's not a 
it's not doing an earth shattering thing. It's just doing a whole lot of little things really well every day. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all it is. That's all anything is. I think. So you actually, well, we did mention that you're one of the few people. I mean, we appreciate your time, but you actually bought us gifts today. And in amongst those gifts that Ty brought along, he shared a story for his one-line clothing brand, which we'll probably talk a little bit about. I didn't realize you had socks. They're pretty rad. (laughs) But he also gave me a card with a story that speaks directly to me. And that's about the one percenters that you're talking about. So can you maybe frame what you mean by that in terms of something that people might be familiar with, and particularly myself, like the Bandits. I was on the board of that club for five years. I'm intimately familiar with the standard of that basketball club, etc. Was that something you were aware of at the time, or were you not doing the one percenters when you were trying out for the Bandits, so to speak? Well, I think, yeah, um, great tie-in too. You read that story very quickly. I brought I brought gifts in there uh, today, and yeah, obviously the one-line socks and, and the clothing, clothing company that I'm really – really proud of. It's a passion project of mine. But my story is 1%. It's 1% every day. I don't know. I've, I've just always been conscious of the fact that I probably wasn't really born to do great things. I, I was just born to do the simple things really well and, and be accountable and do them often. And I suppose it's going to sound boring, but just like superannuation, you know, no one gets wealthy by putting 9.5% away every every paycheck, but it builds up over time and it compounds over time. And so... Yeah, that's that's kind of where the 1% every day and, and the small little efforts, yeah, they compound on each other. So this self-awareness that I'm getting off you now, mm. and obviously this is a case of you've walked in here as what people would probably describe as a physical specimen type athlete, an athletic looking person, and that can be just a case of only seeing someone's end and not the beginning. But the self-awareness you have about things like, I oh, wasn't made for great things, some people might hear that and think that that sounds like an almost defeatist attitude but you're giving off well it's almost like a radiant positivity for the lack of a better term like when did you come to that conclusion that i hope that people see it like that um because i think that well if i go back to how i started the one line brand and i think a lot of people the lebron jameses and the lady gargas and all these great people that that overcome you know massive amounts of adversity to be great I don't think that that's tangible. I think that most people, because they're so great, they can put that off to skill and talent and something that they could never possess. But I think a story from someone next door like Mel, you know, overcoming adversity and and keep and continuing to shine for a community and organising, you know, music uh, festivals for bushfires and, you know, all of these things that come out of a place. And she's been through the adversity that, you know, some, most people wouldn't, wouldn't even know. That story, I think, moves people more to say, hang on, I can do that. If Mel can do that, I can do that. If Ty can do that, I can do that. If Josh can do that, I can do that. And I think that the more we share these stories of just chipping away at things and chunking things up rather than saying, oh, well, LeBron James did the same thing, but he's in the NBA, but that's too far and that's too, that's too much. You know, it's, that's a, it's a bridge too far for me to grasp. And so I think one line was born out of this um, ability for for the per- people next door to share their stories and people to grasp hold of that and say, hang on a second, I can, I can do great. I can eventually do great things too if I just keep doing the little things well. Very profound. It is. And you've done very good research and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> but I want to- Let's po- call it creepy then. No, nah, we won't call it creepy. I, I'm actually, <laughs> it's actually quite an honour for a guest to come in and have taken the time to- get to know who's interviewing them without yeah, and not the role reversal. Yeah, we're not, we're not Kyle and Jackie O, like we're not famous. No, but no, it is. <laughs> no, no, it, I, it, that's what I mean is I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, it feels yeah. it feels nice. It feels uncomfortable a little bit, I'll say that. In the same way that you don't seem to respond well to compliments. Yeah, I'll out I'll yeah. out Josh on that. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely that actually that's how Josh and I first connected well is because we had a conversation about how terrible we are at accepting compliments and just have you tried to work on that at no. all or you just like no nah, I just, just I feel uncomfortable receiving um I suppose kudos and appreciation for things that I think are just normal yeah that are just you know if you're kind if you're trying to help other people and you'd be much the same and the things that you've done for the community 
and you get a kudos for you like it's just that's just me i just do it because i care I, I don't know i don't know how to be any other way and for people to go out of their way to appreciate it it just feels weird yeah i think but do you think that's probably because it's not normal for the general population to do that i think so, so. it's seen as something a little bit extra it has to be it has yeah. to be but I, all i can speak on is my behalf and it's not and because it's normal for me i can't i can never look through the eyes the world through josh's eyes or or your eyes so i only know the world that that i see and it's just i don't know how to live the life live my life any other way so it's weird when you get appreciated for doing the things that you just would normally do yeah that's why i think it feels weird let me put this to you if you had one of your clients say flipping off like a compliment or a positive reinforcement or something like that that you put towards them, would you push them to accept it or have the same sort of reaction? This is the uh, do as I say, not as I do yeah. argument, isn't it? Yeah, um, which is I'm very good at as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I try not to be a preacher, but I I do preach celebrating the small wins and mm-hmm. for people to, to really – own those little the, the little wins, like I say, chunk it up. You know, win the morning, win the day, win the day, win the week, win the week, win the month. You know, life can be this big scary thing, but if you just think of it as a succession of today's, and all you have to do is win the morning. And if you don't win the morning, that's all right. You can win the afternoon, and you can still win the day by just chunking up the day itself. And then all of a sudden, you've won. You've won at life. You know. Um, so, yeah, I I st- I don't know. I I'll try and get better. At, at taking compliments, just, but it's it, it's, a, it's always a strange one because yeah. I appreciate where it comes from, and it's always nice somewhere in the back of your mind to be appreciated for the hard work that you do. But I just I wouldn't know how to do anything any differently. If you like us, like I like us, get onto punchingsideways.com, dot com. Give us a bit of a likey, have a bit of an exploration around, and maybe buy us a coffee. I appreciate where it comes from. And it's always nice somewhere in the back of your mind to be appreciated for the hard work that you do. But I just I wouldn't know how to do anything any differently. Yeah. Well, that's nice that that's been ingrained <laughs> in you. Shout out to the Seton parents who have well, produced. It's funny that, you know, between Wang and Wagga's, uh, you know, there's a six degrees of separation. And Seton's actually came from Scotland and landed at Corion. Wow. Okay. They ran so the the Setons ran the mill at at Corion right. back in ooh, I'd want to say that it's definitely the 19th century. But yeah, don't ask me any other Corion questions. I don't know. But I just thought that well, you know more trivia about the mill than I ever would. Yeah, you know <laughs> so, one piece of information. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. So what was the first business that you started? Because you've got a big list of stuff, and I want you to list them off consecutive at one point. But what was the first? first thing that sort of come about it was this again another the, 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 the one the, the first thing ever yeah, yeah was selling sherbet in primary school with a friend called alex popco that was the first ever business i had yeah right. was selling sherbet in the schoolyard high profit margin high profit margin high profit <laughs> margin teachers snuffed that out at all republic uh, real quick but um the first ever business that that i was sort of well i'm a professional radiographer so i all republic all high uni at Wagga, then I went to Melbourne as a radiographer, general x-ray supervisor at the Epworth Hospital, hated Melbourne, couldn't do Melbourne. It, I've never been surrounded by so many people and yet felt so alone. Came back home, Wangaratta Base Hospital for a year, then I got a fantastic opportunity to, to lead a, a great team at the x-ray group and build, actually build a great team at the x-ray group. And during that, that's when I started One Line. Mm-hmm. Which is the clothing company that's? Um, I always say it's not a t- it's not a clothing company. We, what I'm trying to do is share stories of strength. We just do that by t-shirts. Yeah. The the product is hope, hope for you know a better future and 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 trying to spread positivity in what I think is a really negative world. But we just do it through clothing. So can you explain to people who have not say seen or been aware of what one one line is like? You've explained it, but how do you go about sourcing a person Mm -hmm. and so for anyone at home that's just listening right now one line is basically about finding that person's line their their mantra i suppose that keeps them going every day and there's usually like a, a really good story attached to behind and how they got to get to that place how have you gone about sourcing 
these people or have they approached you? It's a good question and, and something that I sort of touched on before is that they're everywhere. Yep. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's overcome adversity and it's not up for anyone to say that one person's adversity is greater than someone else's. And I think it's just by, you know, networking and, and, and sharing stories and people being comfortable enough to, to share their story that I say, would you be interested in maybe me working with our local artists to put that on a shirt and share your story to more people? Because I think it's, you know, I think it's amazing. So, you know, for example, uh, the first story quite selfishly and egocentrically was me. <laughs> I thought I might start with, with me. But the second story was um, Christy Jacker, wife of Carl Jacker, and I know her as Molly because I was an, her next-door neighbour for five <laughs> years growing up in East Aubrey. And hers was Attitude is a Choice. And, you know, sitting down with Christy and, and us both crying as she, as she recounted the times in which she's been in the shower ready to go to school. She's a teacher now um, and breaking down and not wanting to go and see the world after, you know, losing Carl to, to a long battle, you know, with cancer. And then looking at herself in the mirror and saying, you know what, the kids deserve the best, Christy, today. The kids don't deserve this. Carl doesn't deserve this. Attitude is a choice. I've got a choice in this moment now to be the best Christy I can be, taking a deep breath and moving on. Like that's a powerful message yeah. to know that anyone in any situation has a choice over their attitude. Mm -hmm. You don't have a choice about what happens. You know, if she had a choice, Carl would still be here. She doesn't have a choice in that, but she can choose her attitude. And to put that on a shirt, like you try, I dare you to put that shirt on, walk out into the world and for someone to cut you off in traffic and flip them off. You just can't. You wear that and you know that Christy's story and you go, all good. Like, and, and so that's one one example. So there's Christy, but there's so, there's all these different stories. If if anything, I don't have enough time to put them all on a T-shirt. Yeah, so the concept is really cool. I really like it how people subscribe to get a T-shirt each. Is it three months? It's changing now. It's changing. So we've done, we did 12 stories. So we've been going for two years. We did a story every two months. Mm-hmm. We're now changing to just an online store. Cool. We were a subscription model where you subscribed and every two months you got a your shirt. It alternated between black and white. You didn't know whose story it was going to be. You didn't know what the graphic was going to be. Mm -hmm. All you knew is you're going to get a shirt with a story card, which has a summary of my interpretation of the person's story, but also their own story in their own, their own words as well. So it's more about the card and trying to draw inspiration from the, from the message. And it's just a... I like a, a good that. way to a shirt, you know, we broadcast that on a shirt. I like that because I actually once I wasn't aware of it when egocentric Ty started it. <laughs> and I looked back and I was like, oh, that would have been a cool, cool message to get. Like, and I was like, oh, it's sort of like a, a bit of FOMO. Like, I've missed out on that one. I wonder where the next one's going. So it's good that you can go back and, and get them. That's yeah. smart. So we're going to have an online store, not a subscription. I, I, I've been cognizant of the the whole COVID situation and people getting really tight on their finances and looking at monthly budgets and, and Netflix and saying, do we need this? Do we need this? I didn't want to be the source. It's a passion project of mine. I want to try and make people aware of, of the fact that a lot of people are overcoming some great, some big hurdles and you can do the same thing. You mm -hmm. don't have to score 30 points a game for the Lakers. You can do great things just here at home. If you keep chipping away, there's people who've done it before and this is a message. If it resonates with you, take it for yourself. But I just didn't want to be the source of people going, oh, I love the message, but $30, um, you know. So yeah. uh, we're just going to be in an online store now and we'll put stories up there and we've got past stories there. You can go on and grab them if you like them. And yeah, so it's a bit of a change of business structure, but the message is still the same. So how long were you working in radiography and also starting the one line? Was that how long were those two contemporaneous or did you more move really quickly from one to the other? Move really, really quickly. Um, I was probably a year, uh, I was at the x-ray group for in my last year, I uh, created one line. Yep. I kind of. Um, so can I ask one thing, Todd? When you think back, you're already doing something that was helping people. I mean, not that there's a limit to how much you can help people, but as far as choosing a career and a career path and studying hard, getting the experience, you're in a field where a lot of people would say, you're doing your part. Where did this overflow of extra 
interest and energy come from to do even more for people than maybe what you're already doing in your day job? Because I would assume it was demanding, but also fulfilling to be helping people with scans and people that are uncomfortable. Did you feel like you had more to give at the time or was it just... I must have. I've never actually analysed that part of it. You know, it's just I wanted to... Yeah, I, I suppose I, I saw the world, observed the world being increasingly more negative and, and wanted to, I don't know, put a bit of positivity out there beyond beyond my current scope, I suppose, yeah. See, I've got really a good. different interpretation is that you in that place put you in a high level of awareness of the shit that people can go through and sometimes in those scenarios when you're just an observational thing, yeah, you're helping someone but you're not actually like – doing anything other than I don't I'm not making this a negative thing about radiography but there's a different interpretation from someone that's been like in medical care as well when you're around people that are going through shit all the time sometimes it can just your brain and go this surely there's something else that I can be doing with my time rather than sitting here through this monotonous sort of system and just ticking the boxes as they're coming through would that be fair to... Yeah, I, I definitely think that there was those type of feelings throughout my time as a radiographer that, yeah, you're helping people sometimes in their time of need or most of the time. Um, you know, no one goes to get scans if they're healthy. But, yeah, there's definitely feelings that I wish I could I could probably do more and how can I do more? Where's my scope? Where's Where where do my sort of skills and how much time do I have? And, yeah, I don't know. Like I said before, I don't, I don't know why... I've, I don't know why we do anything. We just do what's natural to us. And yeah, I just felt like something that, uh, yeah, I could do to bring a bit of positivity into the world. Okay. Let, let me ask you this then. Why one line? What sparked that idea? And why was that the idea that you thought that's going to be the thing? Again, not sure. Uh, one line. It doesn't even have to be an answer. Mate. Yeah. That's well, like well, it's not. It, yeah. it was about sharing. I, I knew that I knew the power of sharing stories. I'm, I'm, I'm just so fundamentally aware that we learn more by listening to other people's stories rather than white papers on on serv- um, studies done and research and all that kind of stuff. We we learn more from stories, and I just wanted to share as many stories as possible. How could I do that? People need t-shirts. People need clothing. I could do I could do that. I, I love a new soft buttery t-shirt to work out in, and they are soft and buttery. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I love a new t-shirt. <laughs> Who doesn't love to get a new t-shirt? And so that's how it became. It's more about the message, the story. And then one line was um, one line was born about sharing people's line to overcome it, what they use to overcome adversity, but also a little bit of a play on the old poem dash, which is the the old poem that the dash between your date of birth and your date of death. That's your whole life. And there's a there's a a great poem. I, I if you're listening to this, uh, Google it and read it. It's it's very powerful. It just reminds you that you've only got one life. You've only got one line. So you you're best to try not to. Try not to waste it. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. So from one line, you've got welcome to weight loss. Weight loss, yes. And you've got, well, I say you've got this. This is just you, garage fit guy. Which is a, a brand. Well, he he is a brand. I believe you're a brand in your in your own right. People know who you are, and you've also got Green Street Salad, which are, we are very fortunate to have got free ones of as well today. So socks and salad, socks and just salad for all future today. guests. You've got and a fair I, bit to live up to. I'm guess all these sort of fit into that same common theme of helping people. Just what what is needed. And how can I fill that gap? I, I think that that self reflection that you speak about before, and the, the the awareness that I think I've always had this fascination with the fact that we're we're all going to die. I don't want I don't want it to happen, but I've been always uh, aware that it's going to happen. And and while you're here, try and work on things that you're passionate about. And for me, it's about leaving the earth in a better place than you left it, leaving this room in a better place than I found, than I found it, leaving Mel and, and yourself, Josh, in, in possibly, you know, a better state than I found you guys. Like if we all do that and just, just make all these little 1% differences, we could make a big difference in the, in the world. So um, I suppose everything, like you say, uh, Welcome to Weight Loss was, was born um, out of 
my frustration with how many people were taking advantage of vulnerable humans in the nutrition world, offering snake potions and fad diets and scams and all that to try and part people from their dollar by offering some magic bullet or quick fix. And I'd had enough of it, so I created a really simple nutritional program, online program for people to understand the science of weight loss and weight management that was cost effective. The the money just covers my IT and labor costs to be able to crunch the numbers and, and, and to guide you through the process. So yeah, that was to, to help people lose weight. And then obviously Green Street came along when I was getting a bit disillusioned with the place I was at um, as a radiographer. It was much the same as you mentioned before, the, yes, you're in health, but sometimes the bureaucracy and the politics of a company or a profession prevent you from doing even more and so uh, the brothers the mcgrath brothers who have mcgrath fine foods the famous poppy seed dressing jackson and, and jesse who i went to school with jesse approached me at a, at a time when i was looking for something to another passion something that aligned with helping people and and, and health and and wellness and yeah green street came along at a perfect time and and i made the jump over to, to Green Street and then I coach at CrossFit TMA run by um, Zach Rogers and again helping yeah I don't know it's just a no one has a rule book for this thing called life I think if we if we just help each other out you know we're all making this shit up but you no seem, one knows what's going on and, you seem to maybe not a rule book but you seem to have at least have a rule page for yourself that if it's not going to have a positive outcome on not just yourself but the people directly impacted by the business or the endeavour, you don't seem to have aligned yourself with anything no. that's purely self-motivated or selfish in any way. There's got to be some flow-on effect. That's what I'm picking up. 100%. I think that a positive attitude or a positive outlook on life won't won't allow you to do everything in, in life. Like If I had a positive outlook, I, I don't think I'd make a good jockey. At, at six foot three and, and, and 95 kilos. Yeah. But I think that a positive outlook will let you do everything better than a negative outlook will. Yeah. yeah. I think if I had a positive outlook to be a jockey, I'd make a better jockey than if I had a shit attitude. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's not the panacea. I know but, that it's not going to allow me to do anything, but I'm going to align myself with as much positivity um, around me and to give off to others because I think that, yeah, that's how you seem to have also being realistic enough and what you've just said in there about the jockey analogy is perfect that you can be passionate about something for yourself or for others but not have the facility or the ability to actually fulfill that particular narrow part of the world but you seem to have went into things where you feel like i can actually do that well at a high level and you've just started stacking those things up like you were talking about i didn't pursue basketball because you were aware of the fact that I can't influence the, the world at a high level doing that one particular thing. I, I would you're 100% right. It's a, it's, a, it's a good really good assessment. And you've probably subconsciously done the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you would have loved to you know, suit up the boots along, you know, Al McCowan when he was, when he was playing and, and sit on yep. the post and, and have he, a feed from him. He used and, to come up to Coryong and it was the best moment of the whole yeah. year for us little basketball heads. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I can imagine that you dreamt of nothing than, than to be able to to do that, you know, for the bandits and all that, and, and, and it wasn't to be, but you thought, well, how can I still positively impact something that I'm really passionate about, being realistic that I'm not going to be the starting centre of the bandits? So yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think that it's really important to be able to do that. It's not Because why I bring that up is I think sometimes when people hear, you're talking about finding something you're passionate about, but I think what you're also saying is that you can invest in and maybe excel at. A lot of the time when you hear things, it's almost just a fluffy platitude, do something you're passionate about. Yeah. But there needs to be some, if you're going to pursue that f throughout your life or try to influence people or impact people, you still also need to be. I'm talking about as a career, not yeah. as a side project. No, like I, I tell jokes while I try to when I can, and I'm a complete beginner. So that's a pure passion thing. Yep. But what would you say to people that maybe hear the positivity and it doesn't fully align with them quite yet? when it comes to things like follow your passion? Because it doesn't sound like that's all you're saying to me. Um, I would I would say... Not that I'm challenging the no, ethos. No, I'm no, just no, wondering. No. I want to go a layer deeper than just that. Yeah, I've, 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 I've rarely get challenged to go a layer deeper. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure Six if I'm capable. Three's got a lot of layers. Yeah, yeah I've got a, a lot of layers. Got a lot of layers. <laughs> uh, look, for anyone who I suppose is thinking, oh, it's just a throwaway line, it's just a cliche, of course, you know, 
he doesn't know where I've come from and, and passion, you know, I've got to pay bills and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I get that. I understand that. And, and I too also have to pay bills and, and had to, to start with, but I'd say just keep going. Don't, don't, please don't quit your job and just focus on some kind of passion project. Please don't do that. But, but just know that you only have one, one crack at this and, and, and do your best to, uh, don't just be a lot of, there's a lot of complacency in the world and there's a lot of sticking around 20 years in a job that you don't really like for people that you, that you don't, that doesn't align with your values. Like there are, there are jobs out there that might be, you know, low on the cognitive skill, but the values still align with you. Like Green Street, for example, we're going to shake the shit out of the fast food industry. We're going to put the food back into fast food. We'll have a thousand stores. We'll be competing against well, not, there's not, no competition with McDonald's or, or Hungry Jacks and, and all that because we're doing something different. But if you're a hooligan and, and, and you're on the front line making a salad, like you can be invested in something as a job, agree with the mission and, and the alignment of their values and it, and it doesn't have to, you know, it can, it can be just a job for anyone else. You know, you can align yourself with companies, with people that, that give you energy that, that, yeah, just align with what your core fundamental values are. I think that's the thing too. It bothers me when people say that they don't like their job, but it's a job at least. And be like, oh, but you know, you're going to stay in this forever. Oh, yeah, why not? Like, it pays yeah. me. Like, you hate it. Like, uh, it frustrates why? me that people are fundamentally <laughs> unaware that the fact this show will end. Like, why are you here? Oh, well, you know, I can do other stuff at the same time. And oh, God. that's not how I want to filter things when I'm like approaching them and I'm not adverse to having my own negative thought processes or anything like that. I think we all, and I can sense that you talk positively, but you have had negative undertones. I can tell oh, that. And We're all human. Sometimes I think some of the, the people that are as positive about creating change are the ones that have needed it as well in their lives. So that can also channel them and I would say even from a volunteer perspective some of the vibe I'm getting off you is that you actually feed off other people's happiness so if you can do better that actually lifts you up so it's a sort of self-fulfilling selfishness in a way without making it sound like that because that's how I correlate everything that I do with that community thing is how can I help Yep. cool I've done this that makes me feel really good because these people feel good now. Yeah. So yeah, it, gives you, it gives you energy. Yeah. And helping, you know, being positive. You're 100% right. There's, people have negative negativity all, all around them all day and you, you can't control and I'm not telling people or, or you know, preaching that, that they shouldn't have a negative thought and if you do that you're somehow, you know, you've lost the game or you've lost the point. Like you have a negative emotions. You can't control the emotions you feel but you can control the ones that, that you embrace and and mm -hmm. you have a choice over those ones to embrace. So if you have 10 negative things happen to you in your day and you have one positive, all I'm saying is grab a hold of that positive one mm -hmm. grab and, and amplify it and magnify it and, and keep trying to figure out, well, why did that happen? And and what were the, what were the causes to that positivity happening? And then trying to replicate those things that, and, and then you'll find more positivity, you, you know, you'll manifest it, you know, negativity loves other negativity and people just hang around and, Misery loves company. Um, it's so true. And the funny thing is, so does positivity. Loves company as well. Yeah. And so if you, you hang around and you build your environment around positive people and, and the alignment to your values, it's, it's, it's amazing how your whole life can change. In my research, I actually know someone that you know without realising, I just found out today, but they mentioned that you and your dad do a lot of training together. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I'm assuming that's a positive companionship because you wouldn't do it every day for 1,800 days if he was involved in all those days or even some of if you weren't both get, getting something else beyond the training out of it. Garage fit dad. Garage fit dad. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a cult yeah. figure so what, around here. Yeah, what what part does he play in your training and you and his, but what else is there around that that's maybe special or should, you know, something of note just to bring out of that? Because I'm sure a lot of us would think, Gosh, I don't know if I could commit to anything daily with my parents. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's that's making sure that you're clear with the alignment of what you're doing. Like, I'm not saying that I need to, I want to have 1,800 days uh, of seeing my old man. It just so happens that he's part of the group that 
I involve myself with in the other thing, which is to move my body in a training style way or, or, or a dedicated way every day. Uh, he plays a big part. Uh, everyone who comes into the the old garage and now the new shed, I've just recently moved, plays a massive part in that. And, and I'm always reminded of Jim Ron's um, quote, whereas if you if you surround yourself with four losers and you're about to become the fifth. And so dad's positive. I'm, I'm always impressed with the way he just mediates situations and he takes in all the information and he he understands people before trying to be understood himself. And I've always been in awe of that. You know, I'll tell Zach Barry, who comes into training at the moment, who's, who's store manager at Aubrey Green Street, amazingly positive and, and mature beyond his years. You know, the, the hat that I wear the proudest is the husband to my wife, M, who has let me hang on for 15 years. I don't know why, but I'll keep hanging on for your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's M, there's Zach, there's Nick, staying there's there's mushy right there's a whole there's a group of people and it's a small tight group but yeah they they play a tremendous part because you know they help to sometimes help pick you up when you're down when you sometimes forget the positivity message because shit gets hard sometimes Mm. but yeah the environment you surround yourself in is is super super important do you always train with someone or do you train solo i'll train by myself now it's it's for me it's about habits form a system and I've come a long way down the track that it's just a habit now. So I don't need to have someone there. It helps sometimes on those days where, oh, it's raining, it's cold, it's wet. I don't really want to. My back's sore, my legs are sore. Oh, I have to because dad's in the gym. They're warming up. I better go down there. Definitely helps on those days. But I've been doing it for so long now that it's almost as like flicking a light switch off. The habit has been entrenched in me that I don't even think about it. Before I know it, I've got, 50 grams of gummy bears in my left hand and I'm walking out to the shed. <laughs> so, sorry, just can we, for instance, 1,800 days, that might seem insurmountable even for the most driven and fittest person doing anything or even creative that's listening to this right now. Ty, can you take us through maybe how things have changed through that first 18 days? Like how did you develop the habit you're talking about because it's extraordinary? What was happening eight, 900 days in, you're like, well, is it? Do I need to do this every day? Like, am I missing something by doing this every day or do I need to keep doing it? Can you just talk us through that progression? Yeah, it's hard to start with. Starting a new habit, you know, you, you want to quit smoking. You know, the first day I'm sure is much more difficult than the hundredth day. And so like any habit, I had to be like, no, go in the gym. That's what you're doing, go in the gym. But as as the habit starts to form, it becomes more auto, automatic. And yeah, you need a lot of discipline to start with. You need a lot of motivation, I think, to start with. And so you a lot of good habits are born out of that motivation. You know, you look at a photo and you go, holy crap, is that what I look like now? Or, or I ran up the stairs and I'm really out of breath. Uh, is that what my life has come to? You know, and so there's these realizations and you get really motivated. And then the trick from that is to make the make, make the habit as easy as possible. Well, I started to build a garage gym. It can't get any easier than literally rolling out of your door into the gym, making it sort of satisfying. So I never I never made them so hard that I would spew to start with or my legs would feel terrible. I just did little by little until, you know, 800, 900 days. It, it, was, it was just the way. Yeah. I'd- okay. So what motivated you when you started? Because you talked about motivation specifically as being a key element and that fascinates me maybe more than the practice itself. What motivated you early on? Was there a particular thing you were trying to achieve? And now that you're so far into this this habit, surely those motivations have grown or changed or you're looking to some other source for motivation. Yeah, originally I I can't really say what the initial motivation was apart from maybe some kind of body dysmorphia and and some kind of not not liking the skin that I was in and wanted to change that. So, you know, I did a couple of body local bodybuilding competitions and 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 that, but I've always kind of trained. I've always felt like I was the the skinny kid and, and yeah, Nick Payne used to beat me up at Bandits training for. for you wouldn't f- be the only person he did that to. I wouldn't yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love Nick, but um, you know some of the rookies on on that team. Yeah, you get you get pushed around, and then I you know played a, a year of senior footy for Brocklesby before they merged with Byron Buddick, and um, I was sort of sick of being the skinny kid, and so that's what started the gym. But but to the fanatical extent I go to at the moment, um, I suppose what some would say eighteen hundred days is is quite fanatical. It's just over time become my identity. Yep. And I always, always, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Mel would like to be known as a, as a, as a kind person. 
I think that that would be a core value is, 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 is I would really like for people to know me as a kind person. And I suppose for me to hear, why do you keep going to the gym? Why do you keep working on your health and fitness? And it'd be like saying, do you ever take a day off being kind, Mel? Do you ever just think you walk down the street and push an old lady in front of a bus? Just like, you just wouldn't do it. Now that you've brought it up, (laughs) it it looks funny in my head. So (laughs) So like when, when you align with certain I suppose values, and for me, health health is is a non-negotiable, especially in the time we're living with now with COVID. A, a lot of people who have worked really hard to be as healthy as possible um, are having their lives, you know, disrupted because of the health of of you know some other people. And so I I think that that's one thing. You got one body, you got one life, and and for me, it's it's way up there in terms of my priority. So it's just for me, it's just a non-negotiable. What's your favourite journey that you've been part of? Now, you don't have to mention the name, but what's your favourite journey that you've been part of and helped to mould and shape and like walk along the steps with that person? That's a really, really good question. And and being a supervisor and, and, a, and a trainer in radiography, having a lot of students and now being at Green Street and I hopefully am hopefully mentoring a, a young generation of hooligans coming through Green Street and walking to weight loss and CrossFit TMA and I've never really sat down to sort of uh, ana- analyze that. There's there's a there's a guy called Mushy uh, who he would love a shout out on this, and I think I've said his name twice now. Yeah. He's a radiographer. Yeah. He's from Wagga. He came to the X-ray group. I didn't really know a lot about him when he came there, and he won't he won't worry uh, if I say that his skills in radiography were developing. <laughs> yep. And he became a really good radiographer like a brilliant radiographer and he started to come to the gym and and he couldn't run 400 meters to start with and next thing he's beating me in workouts and he's doing muscle ups and and he's reading the books that that i've said that i've read and he's making these changes and his his brother's messaging me saying oh you've been such a positive influence in his in his life and next thing he's saying oh come to my wedding and I've just done this at CrossFit such and such. And to, yeah, I think a story like Mushi, who it's not just radiography, it's sort of everything. It's health, it's fitness, it's wellness. You know, I taught him how big his fuel tank is in terms of his, his um, calories and nutrition and all that. So he can control that. Like in terms of all the little arms, he was a one line subscriber. He was one of the original one line subscribers. So he's got all the t shirts. Yeah, someone like that or, or Zach Barry, who I've already mentioned, uh, people who I've, I'm really proud of them and they're going to be – this is the thing with what I'm trying to do, I suppose, is is to help people make the mistakes I made earlier than I made them so that they can become better than I ever can become. Some of these kids coming through are phenomenally talented and I just can't wait for the day where they beat me in everything. I, I, like cool. I really I, – I can't wait to look – and I've already done it. There's radiographers. There's a radiographer from Wagga called uh, Chloe Poulet who actually did the artwork for all of One Line. Shout out to uh, to Chloe. She's a brilliant artist and a brilliant radiographer. She boarded with us for two years as a student in the X-ray group. And again, like I, she's going to be a far better radiographer than uh, than I ever was. And it's cool to be able to do that because that's our job, I think, to make sure that the generation's better than we were. It's being a leader as opposed to a a dictator, an influencer, or anything like that. I think people are much more likely to resonate if you're happy to put the same feet forward in front of each other as what you're expecting others to do and you've come from work today so you're not obviously shy about making a salad i'm assuming (laughs) i'll make a salad yeah i want to talk some positive stuff like the whole thing's been positive but it's been pretty heavy right so i want to talk about some of the fun things that you do because I watch your socials and I always get laughs out of them because you're happy to take the mickey out of yourself. 100%. At Green Street, you guys have little challenges. Is that correct? Is that just a a bit of a G up for people to get competitive and fun and be proud of what they're doing? Definitely. And you just spoke about gummy bears. You're preaching this welcome to weight loss and all this stuff and you're like, I get my gummy bears and I just plounce on out into the thing, which for anyone that has gone through the system that you're talking about, about the one that you're trying to save people from, that would be the worst thing that you could grab. Where did your obsession with gummy bears come from? (laughs) 
there's a lot of there's a lot of unpacking with all of yeah. that. Uh, firstly, always have always take the piss out of myself. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's got to be if you're not willing to to sort of work hard, dream big, but have fun and take the piss out of yourself, then then we can't be friends. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But but you've got to be able to take the piss out of yourself. Uh, Green Street, we try and have as much fun as possible. But what's what's the point if you can't have fun? Yeah. Like we've got a mission to change the world and change the way people see fast food and to fuel fuel people the right way and, and all that. But if you can't have fun while doing it, what's the point? Yeah. Surround yourself with those positive influences, the people who want to change the world but also have fun. Um, so we're always having fun. Challenges, dancing around. I don't know if you've been to Green Street, but there's always a, a, a playlist playing and um, I always – I always cop a lot of shit by the the juniors or the the younger hooligans there for my music taste because a lot of nineties comes out and they're like, "What's this? This is J Lo. This is Jenny from the Block. What are you talking about? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is normal music, isn't it? No, no yes, I've never heard of it. Yeah, very normal music. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the Venga bus is coming. Like I'm thinking about all the bangers and I don't know any of the music that the kids are listening to these days. But yeah, always uh, always trying to have fun. But yeah, it's not just gummy bears. I'll go to the last part of that unpacking. Um, I'm looking at Hubba Bubba on the, yes. on the desk here. And uh, I have an unhealthy uh, fascination with Hubba Bubba. Uh, I love it. The thing with, I suppose, the align, there the, seems to be a malalignment with gummy bears and Hubba Bubba and a healthy wellness sort of lifestyle. And the point is you can't be consistencies much better trumps perfection. So consistency trumps perfection. So if you can be if you can be consistent eighty percent of the time with whole foods and 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 go for walks and you don't have to be doing muscle ups and, and all the stuff that, that we do in the gym, but find something that you enjoy that moves your body, playing social basketball, whatever it is, be consistent with it. Then twenty percent of the time you can have your fifty grams of gummy bears. You can have like the the first thing I do when I'm tracking my nutrition is put an ice cream sandwich in. That's yeah. my non negotiable. I every love day. This, every day. I'll sit down after my dinner and have an ice cream sandwich. And because when you know the science of of weight management and energy balance and you know how many calories your body has, you can do that. You can have an ice cream sandwich and you can have it really guilt-free. You can say, oh, I had, I had an ice cream sandwich last night and I hate myself for it. Like I can put that in first and then I can build my day around that and I can have a really nutritious green street salad for lunch. I can have a, I feel it steak with you know broccolini and and grilled halloumi for dinner and i can have a smoothie for breakfast i can't have an ice cream sandwich all day every day i can't eat like an asshole and and get away with it but you can have the things that you enjoy in quantities that still align with the goal that you're after and i think that's the thing with nutrition is people are either one or the other or they think you have to be one or the other they think you have to be eating clean and I'm making air quotation marks because it's the I'll mention that because we're on a podcast. Yeah. Eating exactly. clean. Like I don't yeah. what does eating clean mean? And and there's good foods and bad foods and there's no good foods or bad foods. It's just food. Mm-hmm. And there are more nutritious foods and, and less nutritious foods. But if having one ice cream sandwich a night is going to stop you from eating a, a pizza and a burger for for dinner every night, then have the ice cream sandwich. You know yeah. what I mean? Like eighty percent whole foods, 20% soul foods type of attitude with nutrition. So the gummy bears make up a, a nice little sweet hit for me during my day. Same with bubble gum. Bubble gum. This is where, okay, I, th- I think the And first, zero calories. The first thing I ever really felt like I connected with you was when you put up a bubble gum post on yep. your garage fit guy thing and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. No. Because I get – what is it about potentially being over 30 that you're not supposed to have fun and – have things that kids have and enjoy and when I started I started having bubblegum because I was doing long drives and instead of getting into the habit of just eating lollies and lollies and lollies I was like have bubba I get like a sweet fix and I'm activating and I'm keeping awake and now it's become like a ridiculous obsession you I've seen you have the tape Mm. 1.8 1.8 meters. Yeah. Do you have that? Like, how quickly do you go through a roll of tape? I could lie, but I'd have a lot of hooligans commenting on this podcast saying he's <laughs> lying, he's lying. Look, I, I could go through 3.6 meters in an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I can put some hubba bubba away, and and that's the thing. It's it's if you know if you understand energy in and energy out, hubba bubba is a great sweet hit. Zero calories. Like it doesn't. 
you're not going to put on weight by having Hubba Bubba. Like you're not going to put on weight by having Diet Coke or Coke Zero. And these there are certain little hacks, and Hubba Bubba and, and Bubble Gum is certainly one of them that helps almost feel like you're satisfying yourself in terms of eating something. You're getting something sweet at the same time, and it can tie you over those periods where you might be more prone to just grabbing a Snickers bar. You you've sort of occupied yeah. per se. Yeah. I don't love the tape as much as I love like the original packets of pellet yep. bubblegum. But I have also been known. Grapes my favourite. Yeah, great. Grapes my favourite. But I had someone nicely who had seen how much bubblegum I was eating or that I always seemed to have bubblegum. Thought that, that would be nice and buy me like a a pack that you would buy it, like the servos get basically, like they'd stack like, on the like shelf. Like a carton. Like yeah. it actually, like as if you'd just go and buy a carton a of- A carton of yeah, Bubba. Yeah. And I think I went through eight packets in a two-hour drive. Like I was just like- Holy moly. That, it was amazing. It, that's, like, that sounds eminently more reasonable than 3.6 <laughs> metres. So. Nah. But it's probably a lot more. Yeah, it's probably more. He was um, like, Melanie, that's like- way too much and I'm like is it just, we, we yeah. spoke about earlier about the environment that you're in helping contribute to the person you end up becoming yep. or the life you lead and that's exactly that's a really good example of of choice architecture so if you have all the hubba bubba yeah humans are probably going to eat all the hubba bubba yeah and so if you go to the supermarket and you buy blocks and blocks of dairy milk chocolate well you're probably going to eat blocks mm-hmm. and blocks but if you buy the expensive chocolate, the really good quality chocolate, you yeah. buy one block and that's for one week, then you're probably going to have one line yeah. each night. And yeah. so it's all about um, it's all about that choice, arch- the, uh, creating the environment that's going to help you reach your goals. And and so I would, whoever did buy you that much Hubba Bubba, I would recommend buying it again, but just drip feeding it. Rationing it. Yeah, rationing you, it out to That's Mel. happened now with hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bought all the hot chocolate. Now I don't have access to it so that I can. <laughs> Just one question because you've said a lot of positive things. What do you fear? Because I think some people can fear success. I, I fear. And that can be just as hindering as fearing failure. Yeah, I fear not making a difference, I think. I fear missing the one chance, the, the, the small chance or probability you have of, of living in this world and, and being born in Australia, you know, not, not, you know, in the Middle East or something in, in, or in Brazil or in the slums or India, like being born in Australia, being given the opportunities that I, you know, that I was given. Yeah. There's been ups and downs and broke my leg playing footy for East Wagga and almost lost my leg. And after 10 surgeries and they, they went footy and, you know, everyone's got their ups and downs, but yeah, I just fear, I fear getting old and looking back saying, I could have, I could have tried a bit harder, you know, like I, I, I wasted my chance to, to influence the world. I think that's what I fear. It's a good thing to end on, I think. It is. That's pretty epic, mate. Except for rattling off all your social pages and businesses to give yourself a plug. Is, I'm going to give someone else a plug. Sarah Garvey actually said, you have to have a, you, do you know Instagram? I didn't know Instagram. She said, you have to go on Instagram and, and I reckon you should call yourself Garage Fit Guy and, and do, just just post about the things you do in the garage and all that. So I must give her credit. Um, look, I'm just Ty. I'm Ty Seaton, 34, born and raised, Aubrey, Aubrey Wodonga boy, Aubrey Public, Aubrey High, but Garage Fit Guy, please come to Green Street if you want to, Healthy, tasty salad. Welcome to weight loss. I'm not sure what the Instagram handle is. I think it's just welcome to weight loss. Uh, And one line. We're not subscription anymore, but we have an online store. We've got, uh, we're repurposing the 12 stories we've done in a cool way coming up. So if you've, if you uh, hang around for another couple of months, um, you'll be able to see those shirts. So, yep. Just to finish, to speak of shirts, I think Ty was, if he did happen to find me on the internet, might've been giving me some subtle motivation and or you misjudged my actual size, but I can't fit into an XL at the moment. I'm way too big for that. But it's some motivation, mate, that one day I'm going to be able to fit into this shirt. It's a one percenters, mate. And my little brother gave me a Battlestar Galactica shirt that he paid a fortune for, and that was only a large. So I've got to get to this one first and then to the Battlestar one for my little brother. So there's a bit of motivation there. I'll, uh, I'll crunch your numbers for free for you if you – Mention your progress subtly on every podcast coming up until you reach to your goal. Righto. 
Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll crunch your numbers. I'll this. sign up for that. Hang on, what do I get out of this? I'll crunch, I'll, I'll crunch your numbers. <laughs> You'll have access to me 24-7, ask any questions. We'll build your lifestyle around the number that is your fuel tank if you just let the people know, your loyal listeners and all the ones that are coming up, um, just how you're going and how you're finding it and, and be honest. And yep. You know, I've, I've conditioned myself to not take anything personally. If you, Well, that's an if, amazing if offer. You, if you call me a bastard, that's, that's fine. I can deal with that. I just mentioned my little brother. You're not going to compare to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. And sorry, Ty, you did say just basically from what I took away, just find me on Instagram. Everything else is on there. What's your Gar- actual Instagram handle? Uh, at GarageFitGuy. Right so if you go to Arage, yeah. uh, at GarageFitGuy, there's the one line in the bio there. If you want to jump on one line, there's Welcome Weight Losses in there as well if you want to find out more about that. Um, we've got a new exciting app coming out that's going to make it easier for me to you know, to provide that service to the to the community. Uh, Green Street's there as well. Woodonga Green Street's opening up in six weeks. And congratulations on Brisbane Green Street. Brisbane Green Street. Yes, um, that's Jackson, huge, huge yeah, mate. Yeah, well Jackson, Jackson um, is up there at the moment and it's going great guns. And, yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. Awesome. Thanks, Ty. Thank you. What do you think of that? I found that. I'll say that it was more intense than I expected. Yeah. But not in a bad way, in quite a positive and enjoyable way. Yeah. Because we sometimes just have fun the mm-hmm. whole time with people. And that's probably one of the, not more serious, because that sounds a bit pejorative, but it was one of the more intellectual kind of chats that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty enjoyable for me. I mean, I can, I'm, I might not be quite the personality chameleon as someone like yourself. You're more gifted at that, just changing to, people and morphing and enjoying that morphing process but that's the kind of chats that i can find quite enjoyable yeah and also for me someone that's in the back of my mind is ticking away a lot about fitness and nutrition and being more positive just in general yeah how do you feel about being i was absorbing lots of information it was it it was just like a a rattling off of profanity uh, not profanity <laughs> there wasn't any profanity actually i don't think profound normally it's a rattling off of profanity from us <laughs> it was profound like everything like all of a sudden it'd just be like bang another another profound thing yeah um, I, I liked that it was kind of positive without being woo woo because i'm yeah. very i'm a bit sensitive to that stuff sometimes yeah. of our this is just made for Instagram, quote, BS. Yeah. But he was just genuine and on the money and yeah. had thought through everything. And Yeah. And I, I'll tell you what was unsettling for me was the fact that he'd obviously taken the time. Like the turnaround, for anyone listening at home, the turnaround between me saying, hey, do you want to do this and him coming in was probably 18 hours tops. Yeah. Mm. Like, Which at- is about... 120 hours less than down. I think the normally we've probably got more than a week. Yeah. Minimum, so. And he was so gracious when I asked him to come on. It was not the expected response I thought I thought I was going on. He was gifts. doing us the favour. Yeah, <laughs> and and he bought gifts, but his gifts had also like his t shirts that he bought in from one line, he'd obviously researched us enough. Mm. And known enough about us to hit like a a pretty hard heartstring. It was a bit unsettling. Yes, and he did particularly have some references that meant that he must have went and listened to the first time that we spoke. Yeah, because there's things that came up on that that you haven't really touched on again. No, with your own little health journey and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And when he first put that to you. I didn't know whether you're uncomfortable that it was coming up at all because I know when sometimes for people at home, Mel likes to <laughs> have her, you know, have her heads around certain things in the best possible way so it comes out the right way. But then I just think it was more just that you, it was a realization on your face more so than anything that oh this guy's actually researched us. Yeah. But in but also. But this was being nice. But taking the time to understand the. The perspective, not just what the information was. Yeah. Which he must have. And I'm not going to put it out that he mu- he was already listening because that's just egotistical, but he had a real handle on both of us. In, yeah. And I think he said when he first got here that he doesn't mind the word creepy. 
<laughs> and I'm not so okay with that. Yeah, but it almost great. was a bit creepy that he knew he knew a lot about both of us because he had me pegged as well as someone that potentially needs to and obviously does need to start applying myself day-to-day to certain aspects of my life. Yeah. 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 Because that was the shirt that he gave me was from his own story. Yeah, the one percenters. And mine was Shine Bright, which is really cool. It's about, you know, not creating a shadow of of yourself and actually allowing yourself to be great. I think one thing that he did say post-chat, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, is that he has a an alarm set five times a day to remind him that he's going to die one day or you're going to die. And which, I think that information caught us both a little bit off guard. Which sounds very, you know, just like that's morbid. Yeah. But his reasoning for it, which is just like what a dude, is that if he's having a day or anything like that and he gets this, he says sometimes he will get like this reminder and it'll just sort of just go past the wind. And he was like, cool, got that for the day. And sometimes he'll have a point of reflection where he'll go, oh, maybe shouldn't have snapped at that person or do I want that to be my last interaction interaction, or, yeah. or the way that I'm remembered type thing. And I was just like, Phew. it was a lot of moments. Yes. It was such an enjoyable podcast, but it also felt like a heavy lift. Like Phew, we've just sat through something that's – yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. And um, I would like to think that other people get to hear the same, like can hear what was going on because it was yeah an amazing sort of experience. Well, you and sure. I, you and I have always agreed on one thing, and that's that we want to be able to have more than just funny conversations. Yeah, and for people, well, hopefully we handle them well as hosts. Yeah. And that the guests find them cathartic or the audience finds it cathartic or both. Yeah. But also the fact that maybe we can do that. Yeah. Because yesterday proved that you can. And I think at one moment I might have challenged, just not so much challenged Ty as a human, but challenged an idea yeah. just to go a bit deeper. And he, I think he even, I don't know if he said then or afterwards, I don't often get challenged at yeah. beyond the surface <laughs> level. Yeah. And that could have went either way. But he had, he, he to I me, re- he had an articulate answer beyond the surface, so maybe he was waiting to get challenged or he has been before. Do you know what? I relate. I'm not saying I'm Thai at all. I relate hard to him because I can see that there's a a filter level where you've got that facade where you share a little bit because it makes you endearing and people will share and open up to you. Then there's that deeper level that is is sort of still very guarded because that's your self-protection sort of Mm. mechanism and most people I think can be fooled by that first or second superficial layer and think oh yeah we've got this person in the thing it's very easy with his tomfoolery and his hooliganism and all those sort of stuff that he has it's I think it's very easy for people to just think that they know you because you share a lot, but maybe it's not quite all of the lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I absolutely do not sound as articulate or wordsmithy as Ty, but no. same message across. Well, yeah, it's exactly what he was. I got that same feeling as well. The other thing, I I did a bit of like quick math, and when I say quick math, I worked it out on the calculator. 1,500 days of like being accountable is over four years. Wow. <laughs> like yeah, it's no. over four years of exercising every day. Wow! So maybe I could take a little bit of inspiration from Garage Fit Guy. Well, what yeah. is it, Garage Fit Guy? Yeah, Garage Fit Guy. I don't know why I kept thinking, why doesn't he change it to Shed Fit Guy? Because he kept talking about a shed. No, it's no. Garage Fit Guy, and it's got Garage Fit Dad. Yes, I was hoping we'd get a bit more talk on the dad. Actually, we might have to have him back on. Maybe we get to. maybe you get him and the dad. When I've got a whole afternoon free. So I'll just get him in and, yeah. But he's – I just am very grateful for him to coming on and for bringing us gifts. So – Yes. Um, you know, our audience can also give us gifts. Yeah. And we appreciate those just as much. Coffees. <laughs> Coffees. Get you can go us. to our website, punchingsideways.com, 
We might even put a picture of Winnie up there just so it's worth going there. Oh, yeah, do that. And you can click on any of the Buy Me A Coffee buttons and that will support the show. Yeah. And we were talking about it afterwards with Ty yesterday that obviously we don't do this for money so much because we get so much other things out of it that are fantastic, Yeah. including the audience being amazing. But if we could cover the costs each month, that'd be pretty handy. Yeah. So, yeah, just any donations. We got one from an Emma, which is appreciated, or M. In the last episode, yeah. she bought us three coffees, so thank you so much for that. Thank you. Just get get around. If you can listen to these and share them, that that's the greatest happy feels, yeah. I think. Like I do like coffee, but um, the, the, more, as good as the more people that get to know the amazing people around this area, yeah, the better. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Winnie. Thanks for joining us in the studio and only making a small amount of racket. <laughs> Laters. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.